Hello and welcome back to I Haven't Heard That Name in Years. And today it's a science fiction single feature. Only one thing. Dr. X. Sex, sex, sex. Recording a podcast. Not sure how long I can do this bit. I didn't write it in advance. At the midday podcast theater memoir cast. Ooh, oh my god. <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to leave that in. Uh, you can't replicate these moments and you can't possibly describe how many moments can be created in a life if you spend over a decade of it shadow casting the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So Colleen Beauchene is the first person I met uh, doing Rocky Horror the first time I did it, which if you listen to the episode with Joe Petton, you know that the very first live Rocky Horror show I ever went to, uh, I was pulled out of the audience and I actually played Columbia because I was dressed up as Columbia, uh, where I had actually first seen it. Uh, on VH1 uh, channel back in the day, they always ran rocky horror picture show on halloween uh like a lot i don't know if it was on a continuous loop or whatever but i know that it was enough that people were always like yeah you know it's halloween vh1's running rocky horror uh, so i caught it in passing and i was walking past the tv and i saw a meatloaf it was, you know, obviously it's in the middle of the movie and I was like, oh, this is like a meatloaf music video or something. I re That's really what I thought. And then I kept watching and I'm like, oh, no, this is something else entirely. Um, and, you know, I watched the rest of it, but obviously it's you start in the middle of the movie like that, a movie that weird like that. And I don't really know what I'm watching, but I find out about it. And then I my brother picked up a copy of the Rocky Horror Picture Show DVD out of, uh, like, a bargain bin at Target, and I watched it then, and then on that DVD, there's also a feature of turning on uh, audience participation lines like they knew in the theater, and I did that, and I started learning some of the callbacks, and then soon after that, and me, you know, really getting into it and loving Columbia, I meet somebody else in high school that is also into Rocky Horror, and she tells me about the show at the Baderwood. And then that is when I met Colleen, and that's also when I really solidified my friendship with Joey Petten, who's a, I interviewed prior to this. I think it's important to explain up top, since uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is a film that was released in 1975, uh, that what the Rocky Horror Picture Show is, because at this point we're uh, starting to dig, you know, for younger generations, this is much, much deeper into cinematic history than it was for me. And even for me, it was before, well before I was born. Uh, the Rocky Horror Picture Show is a musical. It was written by Richard O'Brien. Uh, it was originally performed as a live stage musical in England, and then eventually they filmed a movie. The movie uh, tanked at first, but then became a cult success for its campy B-moviness and also 
the killer soundtrack as uh, so not everything from the musical translated well to film uh but the things that did were definitely the music and i uh, had an amazing cast for a movie that was like that ridiculous you know b movie weirdness uh you know sometimes people will say to me like rocky horror picture show is a terrible movie and i'm like that is not the point of enjoying rocky horror picture <laughs> the part of the fun of it is like like things like mystery science theater stuff like that uh the culture of rocky horror picture show that sprung up around it is a culture of yelling things at the screen called audience participation lines calling out stuff like you know things that are wrong with the set uh, you know, tagging jokes onto people, you know, just every time, like, a, the actor's not fully delivering, saying something weird, it's like wooden performances, you sit there and you just roast the living shit out of this movie, and then they add other stuff that's more absurdist, like, it's, it's both yelling things at the screen audience participation lines and also props like toilet paper like you throw toilet paper at the screen when they say great scott uh there's a song where the main character dr frankenfurter uh it says cards for sorrow cards for pain you're supposed to throw playing cards at the screen uh and uh i guess at this point might have back asswardsly uh, not talked about the plot first but here's the thing about the plot doesn't totally matter, just like the rest of the movie. I mean, obviously it does, but you know, it, it, it what it matters is just the the madness and the culture that sprung up around it. But basically, uh, it's about two wholesome people, you know, in the movie. They call them young, healthy kids on a night out, uh, Brad and Janet. Uh, they are meant to be, like, archetypal, like, 1950s Leave it to Beaver Squares. And they get engaged. It opens up. They're at a wedding. Brad and Janet get engaged. And then uh, they go drive to visit their old professor to celebrate and then uh their car breaks down on the side of the road and they find this castle which is uh full of alien transvestites and people in fishnets and all kinds of all kinds of manners of stuff and it's a presided over by dr frankenfurter a mad scientist who creates a lab creation uh who is a muscular man to be his husband or something something or other. And then, you know, obviously there's a whole lot of other stuff surrounding it, but that is kind of the part where the plot sort of falls apart. And also, spoilers for people that have no familiarity of Rocky Horror and don't want to, you know, just watch the movie, uh, but preferably as we say at the show, watch it in a theater with a live cast with audience participation because anything else is just masturbation. And that is what I would say when I emceed, which I did for over a decade. And emceeing did more for stand-up than, I mean, it. the thing about emceeing Rocky Horror is that unlike a lot of comics where, you know, you typically work with smaller rooms and smaller crowds and then, you know, when you get further ahead in your career, that's when you start to do, like, bigger crowds and stuff. And, you know, not some comics, like, never end up in big venues like Broadway theaters and stuff like that. Because I was opening for Rocky Horror Picture Show, and then once I started, you know, I, I actually started Rocky Horror before stand-up, but once I started doing stand-up, they let me open with stand-up. 
uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show gave me the ability to open for stand up, like do stand up in front of crowds of like thousands. Um, huge venues that I would never be able to do stand-up in any other context just because, you know, I that's not where I had pushed my career at the time, you know? I got to do stand-up at the TLA. I got to do stand-up at the Lavoie Theater in Jersey. I got to do stand-up at so many big places, like colleges, and also movie theaters are huge. Movie theaters are packed. And that, it... it not only did it give me a big crowd to work with and lots and lots of stage time and lots and lots of experience that I wouldn't have had otherwise, it was also a crowd of, like, my people, you know? Like, I, I'll discuss this in later podcasts, but, you know, like, the comedy comedy clubs are generally not super attended by weird goth people or hippies, you know? It's, uh, like, it, it, there's no, like, real, like, you know, this is who goes to comedy clubs, but who doesn't go, uh, is not nerds as much, honestly, you know, and not the kind of, you know, art freaks I grew up around and consider myself to be a part of. And it's rare to have such a huge audience to work with that's kind of on my level and understood the same references. You know, these crowds, I got to do all these horror movie references. I had a Predator 2 joke that I did a lot. Um, and... I owe so much to Rocky Horror because of that. And it also just, you know, the, the thing I like about geek culture so much is that it's based in love. Like, people make fun of people who dress up like characters in movies all the time. Like, oh, you know, look at these nerds, get a life, this, that, the other thing. And, you know, yeah, sometimes it's people that are, you know, trying to gain some kind of, like, air quotes, clout. I don't know if anything within any sphere, small, like, nerd system, like, nerd subculture is, like, clout gaining. But, you know, whatever. Maybe sometimes it's coming from a weird place. But most of the time, it's just coming from a place of love. Like, what's the face people make when they say they're geeking out? Like, they're smiling. Like... You just love something so much that you want to spend as much time with it as possible. You want to celebrate it. Um, that's it. And yeah, that looks kind of weird, but you know, sue you for liking something. <laughs> you know, it's just like, as long as it's not hurting anybody, as long as it's not, you know, just sidetracking more important things in your life, you know, obviously don't prioritize like Rocky Horror Picture Show or something like comic books over your children or whatever, but like let people like things, you know? It's such a, it's such a cliche on the internet, but no, really, this brought so much into my life, and it's one goddamn movie, one movie, and the subculture that popped up around it, and it's, it's crazy to me, and everybody else who has ever been involved in Rocky Horror Picture Show Shadowcast, like, how much of an impact one movie has made on all of us as far as being able to accept ourselves, accept queer identity, you know, go out, have fun, be a little weird, you know, loosen up a little bit, you know, it's, there's, there's just so many, you know, like gender bending, stuff like that. It's just, for decades, this has been a place that's safe to just run around and be kind of edgy and offensive and all over the place, and it's okay. Um, and, in a weird way, you know, I, I, I can't do anything but talk it up. It's just, it, it was, it's kind of sacred to me, honestly, you know? Um, and I mean that, that sounds like way, that's way more over the top than I usually get about anything, but no, it is because 
and I, I've, I say this in the interview, every single show, there is a new crop of 18 year olds that look like, you know, this is the first time they're ever going to get to do something like this. And, you know, this is the first time they've ever seen people who dress like them, who act like them, who like stuff like this, you know, every single time, every single show. And I've done well over a hundred shows at this point over the last 14 years or something. Every single time you see those people. Um, and it's really cool that that has managed to stay when so many other things have fallen apart, you know, especially in the queer community. The shadow cast that I was a part of was in Philadelphia, Transylvania Nipple Productions. The job of a shadow cast is to dress exactly like the characters in the movie and act out the movie while standing in front of the movie and using whatever resources you had available to be able to act out the whole thing. If you're running around the house, sometimes you run up and down movie theater aisles. Sometimes you run in place. Uh, if you're eating at a table, sometimes you set up a, a tablecloth. Sometimes you get an entire table. Sometimes you're on a postage stamp size stage and you all have to crowd together and riff some kind of reason why you're standing that close, even though you're supposed to be around a full-size dinner table, you know. I called us uh, movie theater carnies uh, in this interview, and I uh, I mean it. We're some something else. It's just a group of people, a traveling band of misfits, uh, usually one for every city all over the world, every major city all over the world. Really, just there's so... Well, not every major city, but more than you'd expect internationally, have Rocky Horror Picture Show Shadowcast, people that are just so dedicated to this movie that we feel the need to impersonate it down to the tiniest detail, the tiniest little patch on a jacket, the tiniest hair curl to the right, you know, uh, ring on the finger, anything like that, you know, the patterns of sequins on the coat, like, we just love this so much that we want to be it, and as... God, I did not intend for this segue. I, I, I promise you I didn't, but here we go. Don't dream it, be it. And this is an interview with one of my fellow cast members, Colleen Beauchene. Here we go. Welcome back to I Haven't Heard That Name in Years, the laziest memoir of all time. I guess only lazier if I had a ghostwriter ask me questions. Uh, this is me just doing the research of the memoir on a recording and not actually writing a book, but we'll see what happens. Who knows? I got a long <laughs> life ahead of me. Uh, so joining us today is uh, Colleen Beauchene. Beauchene? Hey, that... very good. Hey, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I'm sure that that gets, uh, that gets butchered a lot, but I did. Oh, yeah. Go to, yeah, I did go to, that's French, right? Or... Yeah, it's a French phrase that we mispronounce as dumbass Americans. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so you are here, as I said in the intro, as a representative for the Rocky Horror uh, picture show period of my life, which actually never stops. But, yeah. we, but because exactly I, last year. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I saw you as recently as at, at uh, the uh, Atlantic City, uh, the Hard Rock ca- um, Casino, not cafe, the Hard Rock Complex all-inclusive thing in <laughs> Atlantic City somewhere. <laughs> that was the last time I saw you. We did uh, a show with Barry Bostwick. Uh, when, also, when did that start? Because I feel like that was like only a couple years ago that we started uh, doing that. First, I think the first time we did a Barry show was 2016 at the Keswick. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, we met him at conventions before that, but we never did a show with him. And then we did that show, and it's been almost every year, you know, COVID not included, mm-hmm. since. <laughs> I mean, even during COVID, we did the drive-in show in Oaks, and he was there. So that was kind of cool, Oh, too. that's that's awesome. Yeah, there's this little pocket of shows, because I bounced to New York in 2017, but uh, as stated, I can't quit you. Uh, so I popped in and out for a couple of shows here and there, uh, but where I started, you know, get in the way back machine, go all the way back. Uh, we already had, uh, Joey Patton on the podcast because we kind of just released things in order of like childhood, junior high, high school and Joe, which I, I completely forgot, uh, our friendship really solidified that first show that you saw me at. And you yeah. were also uh, one of the, the other reason that I decided to interview you as opposed to other people in the cast is that you were at the first show that I was at. And there was only two people from this cast, Transylvania Nipple Productions, there to my memory. But uh, Joe uh, reminded me that the first time we really interacted was when you specifically pulled us out of the audience as Eddie and Columbia and we played Eddie and Columbia. Like we had like a very cinematic start to a friendship that uh, I was like in his wedding, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) shit, like, like we were freaking frack for a while and it's, and it kind of started there. But uh, can you just give us some background on TNP? Because that that went like much further before me even, you know, I, I when I showed up, you guys had already been in full swing and I was like a, a teenager. <laughs> well, we weren't much older, but yeah, I joined TNP, if you can believe it, this February coming will be 25 years. Damn, are we gonna yeah. have a party? <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, there's plans for because th- we're celebrating TMP's 25th anniversary now because mm-hmm. it started a little less than a year before I joined. Okay. And then because we were still young kids, the one guy I replaced was going away to college. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have a full cast yet. And then I joined. So that's what completed the cast almost 25 years ago. Oh my God, saying it hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, and from that day, that's, we, we would perform sporadically around Philly because we were such young kids and nobody took us seriously. And then all of a sudden, wham, we just got shows after shows after shows and everybody wanted us. And it was like, wow, holy crap. And now we're like in demand everywhere. It's, it's so strange to think where we started out as these little stupid kids who didn't know shit. And now we're like elder statesmen of Rocky Horror. Yeah. Like it's like even evolved. Yeah, it's like even evolved since I was there because, you know, I was there, uh, the Baderwood through present. So there a lot has happened since then, you know, like we were in movie theaters, we were kicked out of movie theaters, we were, <laughs> uh, you know, um, <laughs> like mo- multiple that I can think of, you know, we uh, we started Monster Mania while I was there. Like yeah, the, I remember mm-hmm. the first Monster Mania. I don't think I went. But I remember it happening and it being a big deal. Like, yeah. And that's yeah. even grown exponentially since. It's yeah. insane how big MonsterCon has gotten. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like when? How big was it when it started? Oh, by the way, Monster Mania concert, a horror convention in Cherry Hill. Uh, ever since first show, Transylvania Nipple Productions has been their Rocky Horror Picture Show Shadowcast at midnight, and I feel like we could do an entire podcast just Monster Mania stories. Uh, <laughs> but like, what what was it like when it started versus now? Like, well, well the first well, the first year was even, not even at the same hotel. It was at the right. Clarion in Cherry Hill, which is a much smaller hotel. Mm-hmm. And they outgrew that instantly. I mean, the, the ballroom we were in for the show seated maybe a hundred people, maybe. And the one at the, the, the well, it became it was the Crown Plaza, and then it was the Cherry Hill Hilton, and or whatever. It's like five different names. That ballroom held like four hundred people, and now we're in a bigger pavilion that holds like a thousand people. <laughs> Crazy. So, I mean, it has just grown and grown and grown over the years like, it was standing room only so that's why they had to move us to a bigger room because they couldn't fit any more people in there without violating fire code you know <laughs> i remember like i almost had trouble getting into a monster con because of fire code mm-hmm. i was it was that do you remember that yeah i, yep. I, I oh, think yeah. yeah my ex was with me and it was like difficult to get a wristband because of the fire yeah. code and i was like but i'm a performer Wah. yeah they like, they had all the wristbands for like performers and vendors and shit but somebody mm-hmm. that year apparently made a whole bunch of fake ones Oh. So people were getting in and they weren't real bands. So the place was packed. And they're oh. like, why are there so many people? Is that yeah, so that's what happened? So they had to upgrade their whole security system and their wristband system. And yeah, there was somebody getting Because what there were vendors from mm-hmm. years past who had like a little bracelet that just had the word vendor written on it. And that was all they needed. So people would just go and buy cheapo wristbands and write oh. vendor on it. And security, oh, they're vendors, let them in. Oh, they're vendors, let them in. Oh so now they God. had they had to totally upgrade everything. So it's a it's a bit of a pain in the butt trying to get wristbands now. God, yeah, no, I um, man, hate it when people ruin things mm-hmm. for other people. I feel like I might have experienced some direct karma for uh, uh so it was San Diego Comic Con 2007. My friend photoshopped a bunch of Hunter S. Thompson press passes and. <laughs> a <laughs> uh, different thing but it's okay because uh there wasn't mass fraud at san diego it was three ravers um <laughs> and that building's pretty big it's the size of several football fields you know it wasn't like yeah. a, a little horror convention in cherry hill um but you know people scammers gonna scam um <laughs> yeah but like what was that first like who like who were the guests at the first monster con do you remember or Honestly, no, I don't, because I was only there for the show, and I'm not a big horror person to begin with, so I, right. I knew not, now I know at least some things about horror, because I've been doing it for so long, uh-huh. but then I, I couldn't tell, you'd have to, like, ask, like, Nick and Erica, maybe they remember, I don't, I did, or people who are actually horror folk, because I'm yeah. like, oh, who's that, I don't know, like, the first convention I actually, like, attended the convention, I, I knew all the celebrities, but I didn't know them from anything horror, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, he, he was in Star Trek, and he was in this movie, and he, you know, I don't know them from anything horror. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's always something. One of the most interesting things about Rocky Horror is the cross appeal to a bunch of audiences. Like, I, like getting horror fans and theater kids in the same, <laughs> in the room. same room. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's. <laughs> exactly. It's wildly different affect. Like, you know, you got the, you know, LGBTQ contingent, you got like theater kids and the various overlaps between the two and the, you know, the, (laughs) or all of the overlaps. Um, And, uh, you know, you get horror fans, you get people that are like science 
fiction people and you know later on it became a thing where it's like oh this is retro but you know obviously in the, the beginning beginning it was just the the cool happening thing that was happening like yeah. what and we're up to i guess like 45 years of rocky horror how how are we doing uh, on that one? officially 47 okay yeah. all right so yeah. i gotta i gotta keep my eyes on the prize for the 50 i i, I will make sure to <laughs> I will make sure to come back for that. Um, so, do you remember that first show? Like, uh, do you, like do you remember like yeah. them hitting you up for it? Oh, well, oh, you oh, mean- sorry, not your like not your. Well, actually, you know what? Give me your first show, and then give me uh, the show that you saw me at the first time. When, uh, like, my yeah. first show. Well, the first show I ever saw wasn't TNP. Mm-hmm. It was a, a, a group called the Denton Dead, mm-hmm. who were a cute, fun little. But uh, they were at a theater called the Devon in Northeast Philadelphia, which is now a church, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember standing in line to go out and I saw what later turned out to be Nick and Erica in their costumes. Like, oh, they look amazing. They look just like the characters. They weren't part of the crew. I'm like, oh, they look really, <laughs> really good. And I, I saw the Denton Dead like three or four times before the theater stopped doing it. And they were fun and all. And then a year or so later, I met Nick and Erica, and when I found out that was them, I was like, oh, I think I scared Nick when I asked to join the cast. <laughs> we, were still, we were still under 21. Nick was like two weeks away from being 21. So the whole crew of us went to like an under 21 club, and it was mob. We could barely dance. So we ended up at a coffee shop somewhere in the neighborhood because the club we went to was Woody's. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, we went to this coffee shop, and, and Nick asked Erica something where you knew they were talking about a show something something rehearsal so i'm like oh what show do you do and he goes rocky horror and i think i scared him i kind of like dropped my drink and i grabbed him by the arm i'm like do you need somebody to join and he looked really <laughs> kind of frightened at that and he's like well we need an eddie and that's how i ended up joining tmp but oh. uh, yeah tmp wasn't my first rocky horror experience <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. That's how you started as yeah, that's how you started mm-hmm. as Eddie. I already talked about my origin story and everything with uh, Rocky Horror, but I want I definitely want to get your perspective because I uh, we we have the amazing opportunity right now of like Joe told this st- the same night story from his perspective and now I can get it from your perspective. Like if I remember correctly, like Baderwood didn't even reach out to you, right? No, no. They were they were they were doing Rocky Horror. And nobody in the cast was available to go do the show. Like, like it was me, my now soon-to-be ex-husband, Eric, and uh, I think Mordecai was there, and his then-girlfriend, Sarah. We were the only ones who could show up, so not a full cast by any means. Mm-hmm. We just showed up in costume. We were going to, like, yell AP and, like, kind of pitch the show. So then... Erica, I don't know if she got a phone call from the theater or she called the theater, but they're like, oh, well, can you do the show? And I'm like, there's four of us. <laughs> no. How? how what? And, I, and then that's when I realized, like, you were there dressed as Columbia and your friend was Eddie. And, and there was like two or three other people we played. I think was was Rafe there or not? I don't Rafe remember. Rafe was not there. And I, I just confirmed that, that in a different interview. Uh, I'm I basically just doing the movie Go with my life and just finding everybody. Find all the so it was like you, your, your friend who was Eddie, and like two other people. I don't know if they were your friends or not. And we threw them up on stage, and we did the most haphazard Rocky Horror you ever saw in your life. I mean, there's even a picture of me because I was angry about it. So I was dressed as magenta, <laughs> flipping off the camera of whoever took the picture because I'm like, this is. The, I finally get to play magenta, but it's at this show because it's not a show. You know, there was no props. We had a folding chair. 
it was it was horrible but funny all at the same time because then we acquired all you crazy folk into the cast you know and it was just it was it was very strange but very funny and i can laugh about it now because it was yeah thing. <laughs> yeah no and at the time you know you know the cast is already in full swing so it is at this point it's a theater grievance for me it's my first experience and that that was also that was my virgin sacrifice too yeah um yeah, and you did by fire yeah, yeah, no, I did trial by fire, and then I I just kept doing it for like fourteen years. Like I, I just I you brought me up at, from the audience, and then I just didn't stop, which blows my mind. And then you know I met my martial arts teacher there, and there's several other people. Like I keep interviewing other people from my life, and they're just like, oh yeah, and you know when we used to go to Rocky Horror, I'm like, who wasn't at Rocky Horror? Right. <laughs> Everybody I know now is Rocky Horror. It's six degrees of Rocky Horror. Yeah. I either met you through Rocky Horror or through a friend of Rocky Horror. Yeah. Everyone. I can't, other than like literal blood family, I can't think of anybody in my life right now I didn't meet in some form because of Rocky Horror. (laughs) (laughs) It's incredible that, you know, a movie can do that. You know, that's Mm -hmm. one of those things that I, you know, that's to get to. Yeah. (laughs) To get, like, it just... Uh, you know, like I, I get a little loopy about it sometimes where I'm just like, wow, the impact of art where, you know, we basically just uh, like all latched on to this thing. And there's always like a fresh cop of teenagers. Sometimes I don't know where they come from. Like, I, I don't think I, I, every single time we do a show, it doesn't matter where we are, like a middle of nowhere, like that, that weird one in uh, that Newtown Theater oh yeah 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 like it doesn't matter where we are somehow some way you got like five goth teenagers that have never done it before and this is their first time and this is going to be their formative first rocky horror experience and the story is always the same and i'm always like i'm so glad that you're here because you give me hope for the future but also where did you come from how are you here every single time (laughs) And having seen it happen, so you recognize the signs immediately. Like, oh, those yeah. are the three kids. There they are. Like, yep. you know, they're they're the ones we're gonna suck in. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, they got the they got the shuffle. Um. You know, it's just like it's, <laughs> it's awesome. You know, they're just not sure. Like, uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Uh, <laughs> and we're just like join the join the weird. Sometimes they call us uh, movie theater carnies. Is that accurate? <laughs> I like that. I yeah. Like that. <laughs> Because that's what it feels like, you know, we're just like I just shopping around to like, you know, we're putting all of our stuff in bags and we're putting on this like this cool freak show. We're like running around the audience and, you know, we're maintaining a very, you know, old school tradition at this point. We're a, a damn near like a 50 year uh, tradition. It's all, yeah. almost qual- like how long ago does it have to be to qualify as an historical reenactment? Right. <laughs> And I, yeah, and like Carnies, we're just doing it for a place to go and belong. We don't really get paid very well. No, we don't get paid at all. We just make money off of the merch. And even that just goes right back into the cast. We're just doing it for something to do. It's like, it's like the swallows going to Capistrano. It's just an instinct, you know? Okay, right here, let's go. (laughs) Yeah, especially Halloween. You know, I realized uh, the last couple of Halloweens, um, I didn't realize I had a muscle memory for like, oh, it's October. That means you're not sleeping. You're gonna do gigs. <laughs> you're up doing Rocky. And yeah, no, else. you're up doing Rocky every <laughs> single weekend. You gotta, you gotta jump in your your costumes. And of course, I I was Columbia ninety percent of the time I was performing, at least in in later stages. So I'm like in the most costumes. 
um, to, unless Frank has me beat. I yeah, think Fra- it's, Frank has you beat by like two costumes, but two costumes, still, but still pretty, pretty complicated. Yeah, pretty damn close. It's the quickest costume change from floor show uh, from floor show because you're the last to turn into rock and the first to sing. So it's <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole thing. Uh, you know, I it but you just do it for the love of one movie. But then, you know, like the, whenever the movie comes on, it's just like Xanax to me. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, I know everything that's going to happen. Even if people just put it on in passing, I'm like, oh, shut up. That uh, Grandma's watching her stories like. <laughs> <laughs> care how old i am rocky heart comes on you shut up and watch yeah yeah exactly you shut up and watch i'm gonna be talking every five seconds while i'm watching i'm gonna be responding to everything on screen you however need to be quiet you don't know what to say um oh by the way we're gonna talk in passing a lot about ap lines ap lines are audience participation lines um they're uh, rotating uh i remember when i first heard of you guys it was because a friend of mine who is a rocky horror fanatic in high school uh knew of your website which was probably like a geocities or angel fire yeah or... oh god yeah old geocities page yep, yeah that was our right right you guys had a website so we were looking at your website and we were like creeps like we knew who all of you were uh we didn't think you were gonna be there and i remember uh melissa being like super excited when a couple of you showed up because she recognized you um and but we didn't know like you guys are gonna be there we're just aware that you were the philly rocky horror cast you know and like that was that was the deal uh um what was i talking about AP lines. Oh, AP lines. Yeah. So uh, that was so. In addition to seeing your GeoCities page, uh, me and my friends were just looking up. They used to have like audience participation scripts. They probably still do, like regional they, ones uploaded they do. to our last show. I kid you not. There were we found after the show three scripts of AP people. <gasps> they didn't just print them up. They put them in binders with like the spiral bind, like, and they left them. But like it was so cute that they're sitting there oh. yelling lines from the script. I'm like, that's adorable. Oh my god! Yeah, but no, it's and we we would make ones up and we'd mm-hmm. add shit. And as the years have gone on, like I I know that the references have been changing. You know, like they evolve. They, yeah. Oh, they always do. You know, different politicians get subbed in, different states get subbed in, different and, and culture we would go references, to other shows and other states, and take that. Oh, I like that line. I'm gonna take that line. I like that one. I'm gonna take that one. <laughs> yeah. No, it's super incestuous, but like it was. It's cool that you can go on forums and people will like actually record. Like, uh, this is what the cast in ohio yells and this is what this cast yells it's just like it's the depth that this subculture goes into uh times the amount of time um but while also like remaining fun i think i think i mean like i got lucky our cast does not take itself anywhere near as seriously as like several other casts that i'm aware of like you guys weren't Mm -hmm. as like uh you know like no you have to take this seriously like we always had fun with it yeah you know i would say when it's no longer fun you should stop doing it and it's never not been fun yeah yeah absolutely especially like if you're not getting paid and it's not fun like what are you doing like this (laughs) like yeah, we, we take it seriously enough that we want to do a good show mm-hmm. and we want people to enjoy themselves but like if like i'm just gonna you know if somebody falls on stage as long as they're not hurt keep going we don't care mm-hmm. we're not mad at you go do it you know oh your costume whatever keep going we don't care <laughs> 
Yeah. You're not wearing high heels because your foot hurts. Okay. Let's do the show. We don't care. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It doesn't have to be like, it looks cool. I I will admit that it looks cool when it's everything screen accurate and everybody does everything perfectly. It's cool. It's impressive. We're not getting paid. We're here to have a good time. The audience is there to have a good time. The audience is uh, also receiving two different inputs. uh, So I don't, I don't know if they can even look at the screen at the Mm -hmm. same time as us the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like they're usually either paying attention to one or the other, or they're bouncing back and forth. They're not going to be like, oh, you, you didn't face to the left, but it looks cool if we face to the left. (laughs) Yeah. So I love getting, when I save the photos. I love yeah. seeing the screen captures, you know, like Brad's pointing this way and the screen above it is the exact same thing. Like, yes, that's so beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it, it's awesome. I mean, one of my favorite pictures is at the Lavoie Theater when, you know, during Sweet Transvestite, me and Nick, you know, me as Columbia do the little hip waggle together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that Lavoie Theater screen, like, what is that, like 11 feet tall? Oh, no, behind it's us? I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah, we, it's you We have the full screen and we're not blocking it at all. It's fantastic. No. No, we can't. We're too small. Like we're t- the, the screen. It's a it's like a full size Broadway theater. So it's like the kind of screen that you'd have down before the Broadway show starts and there's something projected on it, except it's behind us. And then you have a full size stage, which is not uh, always the norm. Yeah. Here's a here's a good segue. Uh, can you like give us some like top couple of like ridiculous locations that we had to like oh, manage? Well. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we've done the show in the William Way Community Theater, a community a center, excuse me, mm-hmm. and they have a lovely ballroom, but it's not a theater. So it's a tight little space and there's no elevated stage. So we're on the same level as the audience. So trying to do things and actually be seen, that that's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Then there was a, an actual community theater, I won't name the name, that we did and it it was in the church basement. So trying to do Rocky Horror at a church, <laughs> that was that was tricky. We've done weddings. We've actually been at right. weddings and I've, done the show. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, we did, we actually did a wedding once, and I didn't know it was my like childhood neighbor was getting yes. married. I had no mm-hmm. idea who it was. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just working this wedding, and then I look over at the bride, and I'm just like, I know her. Hey. <laughs> like and it's just like oh hey i haven't seen that was one of the best oh hey i haven't seen you in a while because i'm in full columbia get up so it's just like hey haven't seen you since childhood look at me i'm a freak performing at your wedding <laughs> we had a blast I mean, at that too we danced right we did yeah, oh, we yeah. just hung out at the reception it was dope oh it was awesome it was so much fun but yeah we've done oh, what else have we, we've done you know it was it wasn't a block party, but it was like a, a street festival type. Oh, it's the South Street Festival. Right, right. We're, we were gonna do the TLA, but we're out in the street on South Street, time warping and, and you know, they were playing all the songs. So like we time warped and then there was Damn It Janet and there was Touches. So we're doing all the scenes out <laughs> It was outside in the front with the street blocked off. Didn't that get on the news? If yeah, I remember it was correctly? on like 17 like magazine show or whatever the heck it was called. Yeah. Robert Drake did a bit on us because he was there the whole time. <laughs> oh my God. What a, yeah. What an angel. Robert Drake. Is he, he did with XBN, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we got to do that. Uh, I tell people all the time and I'm so excited that there's a video of it still. Uh, the best stand up set I ever did was at that 40th anniversary show at the TLA mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I did stand up between a meatloaf cover band and Rocky Horror. That's I've, awesome. There's 
never going to be a more amped audience than that. Like they, oh, they God. like those guys. It was like the whole audience had done like six rails of coke after that because they just like <laughs> they, they, they like because they had just especially that one lady up front. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, because they just had in unison all screamed paradise by the dashboard lights uh like i'm pretty sure that was their closer and you know yeah, that that's... was the closing show. yeah 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 and, so... then, and, and the, the lead singer dressed as eddie at one point so he had nick come out to kill him during the concert <gasps> right. it was awesome it was so cool yeah yeah and that that set was like the best set i ever had in my life because at that point you know the audience was so easy to rile up it's just like you know like you whisper how are you doing yeah i happen to be standing out in the audience when you said something and they and i was just like whoa this wall of sound hit me i'm like oh. uh-huh. <laughs> it was insane it was, it was i love it it was wonderful yeah, we, never we could have led them like into that. battle. Like, they were that amped. No, like, we could have, like, been, like, you know, it's a... The... <laughs> we could have, like... They're... Yeah. It's King Fade and riling people up at the Battle of Helm's Deep, you know? Come on! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, they should have played Meatloaf. The other side might have won. They... <laughs> God. Yeah, there's my nerd reference. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, well, I mean, this... There. There's so many nerd references in this uh, this here memoir cast, as we're, as I'm calling it lately, you know, uh, <laughs> and Rocky Horror is a whole lot. The other thing about Rocky Horror that I always thought that was cool is that there's a lot of stuff that gets labeled like geek culture, nerd culture, or whatever. Once again, Rocky Horror seems to transcend it. Like, I see people dressed up as Rocky Horror at Comic-Cons, but it's not limited to that it's not mm-hmm. like oh that's like a, a nerd thing it's just such a, like the a i love her yeah yeah it's a big culture thing and like i love how um we before the shows we have that video reel where we do a super cut of them mentioning rocky horror picture show and other shows mm-hmm. yeah like how many was it because it was it's like daria and like that I, 70s show of mm-hmm. uh, drew carey show mm-hmm. fame of course and there was one or two others I don't remember which off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I was just uh, I I was you caught me trying to prompt you because I'm like, yes, I use I know I used to watch that real like uh, I've probably seen it hundreds of times, but in this precise moment, I'm forgetting it. So I'm like, of yeah, yeah. On the spot. <laughs> has it been there? Every once in a while, somebody will send a picture from Rocky Hart, like, hey, look, you're still in the intro video, and I'm like, oh, thanks, mm-hmm. guys. <laughs> the impact was had it was uh <laughs> it's a fucking awesome speaking of shows where you played or, or maybe i even played magenta at this show do you know the all women show at Rutgers? oh yeah yeah you were magenta uh-huh well i was eddie and dr scott and i remember right. because i i almost didn't get my eddie makeup off in time because i was bsing with somebody i'm like oh shit i gotta go get dressed excuse me so <laughs> i had to like get the blood off so i could you know become dr scott and then um becca was there i believe she did crim right because i remember i was her ride there because uh-huh. i was the tmpers and it was a bunch of other women that you knew right yeah, and was there was people from other casts too mm-hmm. i'm starting to remember that now um but yeah i think that was the only time i was ever magenta like i i don't think that happened again it's it's very rare for me to ever go outside of like i was either a transylvanian or columbia 
Um, but I, there's like one time I was Rocky and one time I was Magenta and that was it. Like this one time at Baderwood, there's a, there's an old, 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 old picture of me and Maggie at Baderwood of me, but mm-hmm. me as Rocky and her as Janet, that I'm still like, I, <laughs> I, I can't believe that ever happened because after that I was like, no, Columbia only, it's that or bust. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I mean, some people just prefer a particular part, whatever, you know, I play everybody. Whatever's yeah. needed, when it's needed, like this week is special. I was supposed to be Eddie and the person playing Rocky got sick. So I got a message from Erica. Can you be Riff? I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. was going to be Riff and she was all excited. And then she got sick. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, it's okay. As long as I get enough notice, I just switch back. That's my Eddie bag. Put that back. Here's my Riff bag. Done. Let's go. Fuck yeah. Like, I couldn't remember a lot. It was difficult for me to remember different blocking because Columbia has all that tap dancing and weirdness and costume yes. changes and everything. So it's difficult for me to, like, yeah. switch to I've, a different I've done blocking. That a mode. lot. Not yeah. only with TNP because I play so many characters, but I'm also in another cast. And, like, I'll do a TNP show on a Friday night and I'm mm. riff. Then I'm magenta for that show. So the next day I'm doing the rehearsal and I keep forgetting. I'm like, oh, I'm magenta. I'm standing in the wrong place. <laughs> It's like multiple personality disorder with your characters when you play so many characters. Yeah. Like and we, we did that this year. We switched parts and I'm like, wait, who am I this time? Oh, right. I'm over here. I'm over here. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And it's, it's so difficult to not like the, the thing you're not supposed to do as a Rocky Horror Picture Show shadow caster is look back at the screen. It's so yeah. hard to not look back at the screen. You lose precious time, but it's, it's so, it's so, so fucking difficult. Like it's like ignoring <laughs> cue cards. And then also, you know, you have to do the mirroring thing and then negotiate any like weirdness with the physical stage i just now remembered when we went to do a show at temple university and they didn't have the rights yep we did the rocky horror audio show and i don't think there was a state yeah no we just played the soundtrack and reenacted as much as we could remember from the Mm -hmm. soundtrack i was pissed because that was supposed to be my columbia debut oh no and it got effed up because of that so i had a protest because i was so mad i stayed in the pajamas all night (laughs) i was damned if i was going to stuff myself in a corset so i did everything time warp uh, floor show everything in the pajamas i have pictures of it too (laughs) oh my god I remember it being like there's no stage there either. It was like a weird carpet or something. Yep. I remember it was like a lecture right. hall or something. It was so right, strange. right. It was a lecture hall. I feel like there's been more than one lecture hall too. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Like I've done lecture halls at Drexel, uh, at Westchester uh, Temple. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, we did a show at my yeah when I was going to Westchester. Mm-hmm. We did a show at Westchester. That mm-hmm. was great. I got to feel so cool because I was like in the and Westchester. They stage they put like risers up for us that was awesome yeah we did care you know because that was the because i was well first off i was behind it so i was going to be like Mm -hmm. a little uh, priss if they didn't do shit right uh but like (laughs) i also you know i was in the lgbt association and we're just like real like like no like we're gonna do this we're gonna do this right um and uh we 
yeah, that was it was really awesome. And it was cool for me to like the, the, the point of this podcast really is for me to like bring together all of the different interlocking aspects of my life. And that was one of those ones where I got to be like, worlds collide, college friends. These are these are my movie theater carnies I told you about. <laughs> no, they're not made up. Uh, <laughs> and I do a whole ass Stop show for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so many people in my life that uh, just objectively on paper sound like hallucination. And then, you know, this whole like... <laughs> Well, the entity that is Nick, yeah, you can't make that up. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, like, uh, what? So you said, like, Nick, so Nick and Erica started the cast like before you were even there. Yeah. Like, where, where did they start? Like everything. Um, from what I understand, they like Nick used to have in his house, his basement, just movie parties. They would he would get his equipment up and put up a movie and just have a party and watch. And Rocky Horror was one of the more popular ones. They would their friends would come over in costumes and shit. Remember mm -hmm. little Jen? She was one of their friends she came over and yeah. they would just have rocky horror in his basement and they did it with other movies but rocky horror was the one that like everyone liked the most so they decided to form a cast they had seen other casts you know like the denton dead i named before and there was another cast way back in the day at the northeast theater in northeast philadelphia but they're like all right there's nobody around let's form a cast and that that's kind of how it happened so it was just them as like 17 18 year old kids saying all right let's start a cast Oh, and yeah. then Nick Nick went to Temple, so he started trying to like get the shows at Temple. My first show with TMP was at Tyler, which was Temple's art school. Oh yeah, when it used to be in the different building in Elkins Park. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, all the way out in Elkins Park, and that's how we got our first shows because Nick managed to like weasel his way in. I don't know if what like, it was an entertainment department who, but because he was a student, they were able to. He was able to get us a show, <laughs> and that's how it all started. Twenty five years. Yeah. Ago. Yeah, no, we always just either, you know, you summon us or, you know, we see your space and we move in there like spirit Halloween, you know, like we you, you light a candle and say hoopla and we show up, you know, hoopla and we show up. Yeah, no, like we don't need it. Like, no, we don't need any money. We just need your floor and the rights from 20th Century Fox. And electricity to put our stage lights on. That's it. Yeah. Electricity. And you'd be surprised how things like electricity can sometimes fall by the wayside or a right? dressing room. Do you, exactly. Seriously. We've done uh, shows in like complete darkness sometimes, you know, when our lights stop working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you, there was God, that one show that was like on a postage stamp of a stage and I forget uh -huh. what major holiday it was when they like the dude that was emceeing was drunk was, and bought the lights up while we were like still changing. Yeah. And, we were like naked backstage. Yeah. It, it was in October, so but it wasn't Halloween prop, but maybe it was Halloween night. I feel I like remember. it, 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 I remember it was right at Halloween. Yeah. And it was that place in North Philly. I remember that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was literally backstage and I had nothing on, like no shirt, because I didn't want to put a corset or anything back on. And as I was pulling my shirt down, he lifted the screen because that was what we were behind. Was right. We were standing screen. behind the screen changing. Now I remember. And I literally just got covered just in time. I was so pissed. I, I You remember Eric? Yeah. Eric, uh, my soon to be ex-husband, a big dude. Mm -hmm. I looked at him and I said, honey, you hold this screen. If he does it again, you have my full permission to lay him out. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just me. It was all of us back there basically yeah. changing, you know. I was like, you 
Yeah. No, I remember that. We all like turned at the same time, like an inception when they noticed the person. We're like, oh, you, you son of a bitch. Like, which, because we're already, we're already mad that like we barely have enough like room oh God, to function in, you know, and this is something. And there was like three people in the audience anyway, and they were all drunk right. and it was not fun. Right, right. It's always weird when you have a, a crowd that's not engaged for Rocky Horror because it, it's a whole thing. Um, it, it's like, a, it, I feel like it's a very flashy thing to talk over if there's that many people there. And yeah. It just, yeah, there's just not a lot of people showing up. It was like an afterthought. Oh, let's just do Rocky over here. And nobody mm-hmm. was there for Rocky. So yeah. they're like, what is this? Yeah. Or if it, when people don't even know what it is, too, mm-hmm. that's always a <laughs> that's always a party because you know yep. nobody's gonna take the time to be like, oh, once upon a time in nineteen seventy, Hermner, um, yeah, seventy nine, right? Did I, did I mess 70, that up? Came, the movie came out in seventy five. Seventy five. Okay, that was close. <laughs> it's off by four years. Ah, uh, that's that's a, tri- a fucking trivia penalty. I'm in the trivia penalty <laughs> box now. Uh, <laughs> Hell, even I wasn't born yet. So. <laughs> right, right. No, it it would take a while, it, you know, for <laughs> and it's never ending. You know, like I said, it's a never ending influx of new people and like you know, people asking to be involved and people becoming super no, we're fans. Full, thank yeah, you. no, we're full unless you're a man. <laughs> Seriously, it's always. Not that I don't love them, but it's always young girls. I'm like, can we have any dudes, any dudes interested at all? Mm-hmm. Any? Please? Yeah. We have like two men in the cast right now. Maybe three. three. We got three? Ooh, it's changed. No, no, four. Nick? Yeah. Mordecai? Rafe? Rob? Right. That's about it. I perform. Like Doug, is, but he's crew. Yeah. You know? And then everybody else is kind of like a guest from somewhere else. Like, yeah, like right. Big Gay Dave is technically not TNP, but yeah, he's, he's not, there. He's a guest. Yeah. And he has to perform with us in a couple of years because, you know, he's a guest. So it's just, it's yeah. COVID and all. He hasn't been around for, <laughs> he still does the colonial, but. That's yeah. Yeah. And he's, uh, um, and there, there are some people that I feel like, it's, like, especially people that play Frank, where it's just like, you know, that's like the Rocky Horror cast is down a drummer. You know, like we, <laughs> like we will go anywhere within the track. Oh, and that actually brings up a interesting uh, cultural thing about Rocky Horror that I wanted to talk about. Uh, so, like, there is a concept of like turf and territory between Rocky Horror casts, and sometimes it gets dramatic. Like uh, a little, like yeah, like we are like the Philly cast. Like, I, I mean. Like, cause like, I can remember we've had that with like some cast getting weird if like a show was on their turf, and that seems like such a strange like. It makes perfect sense. I get it, but I'm also like, this is like such a weird anthropological thing that us like fishnet people are like, uh, like you know, doing the fucking sharks jets. Like, no, you can't, you can't, you can't do Rocky Horror over here. This is our spot. Like. I yeah I mean yeah there definitely is a, a turf thing like you know this is our town we're doing the show here but sometimes you know it's also like I wish people could lighten up about it a little bit like we yes we as a cast we, we get offered shows that aren't in Philly uh-huh. we we get offered shows in Jersey a lot and all and as much as we want to do them and we do we also like well did you know there's a cast there there's already a cast in that area and they're like oh mm-hmm. I didn't know that you know 
Mm-hmm. And and Erica will when they offer her, she's like, well, maybe you should reach out to them first, and if they're not available, then you know, and that ha- like like the Colonial. There's a, actually a cast in Phoenixville I'm part of that does that show. But people always like, hey, TNP, did you know there's a theater here? She's like, yes, there's actually this cast that already performs there. You know, <laughs> like guys, like think about this. That's an hour away from Philadelphia. <laughs> We're the Philly cast. <laughs> Yeah, and most of us are like, but she doesn't want to step on anybody's toes either. Yeah, and we're like, there's a, I feel like there's a disproportionate amount of people in TNP and from Northeast Philly. Is that correct? Am I like, yeah, yeah, there's a, at least until recently, a lot of us were from the Northeast Philly area because that's where it started. Mm -hmm. You know, Nick and Erica were from Northeast Philly. Nick originally lived in South Philly when he was really young, but moved up to Northeast Philly when he was like a teenager or young preteen or whatever. So, yeah. Almost all of us started out from Northeast Philly and then it kind of spread out. Then we had like some North Philly, some Ben Salem. And that now we've got people from like all over Philly, West Philly, South Philly. You know, now we got people that don't even live in Philly. I mean, and Mordecai, Jen and I live in Pottstown now. So. Oh, wow. That's a, mm-hmm. yeah. You got a, gotten a whole little Rocky Horror House going out, going out in Pottstown. That yeah. Rocks. Yeah. But yeah, it started, especially in the early days of TMP, it was almost all Northeast Philly folk, which made it a little easy when people didn't drive. Like, oh, I can pick you up. You live five minutes away from me. Now it's like, crap, you live like an hour away. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And there's always the issue of, you know, my ass, I still don't drive, but uh, but I finally figured out what my problem was. It was Tourette's syndrome and I just didn't, didn't know, but like my hand wasn't working the wheel right. Uh, But, you know, there was definitely the younger cast was like and the public transit hampered versions of cast would be in center city and like you drove me home more than anybody else i was in abington which isn't like crazy far from northeast philly but it's like just annoying enough uh yeah especially if you had to take the bus so thank god for like uber and lyft now because it does help Oh my God, you just made me realize that I did Rocky Horror with no Uber and Lyft and it would have been a completely different thing. I <laughs> <laughs> Right? It's amazing the difference that that Wow. Made. Yeah. Like God, the the amount there's a lot of shows I probably would have done that I didn't do if I had the ability to like hail a car from my phone. But like <laughs> even though I know that you know it's that's that's really crazy because it's like I know that like they Uber like I, I'm still doing Rocky Horror now, which means I did Rocky Horror when Uber and Lyft were a thing. But it's still like it's it's crazy thinking that, you know, originally, you know, I didn't even have a fucking cell phone when I started doing Rocky yeah, Horror yeah. and I'm out in the middle of the night in Baderwood. Um, but I like as I've said to other people that I've interviewed, like from high school, is that I'm just like this is kind of not a big problem for my parents. Like you feel like you're going out and being bad, but you're being a theater nerd. You're dressing up like a movie at a movie. And like, it feels like you're being bad because the, you know, it's an R rated movie and you're all wearing fishnets and scantily clad. Yelling naughty jokes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. But essentially, you know, the two hours are over, it's out of your system. And then we all like eat at a a diner usually, you know, like, 
But uh, I mean, it's not, not to say that we didn't also, you know, have the cool hotel room uh, parties that were, I, I wanted to bring up, like, definitely before we stopped talking, when I took that edible and like, you had to babysit <laughs> That is still me. a story told to this day. <laughs> yeah, like, go go ahead, do do it. You, <laughs> whenever, whenever new people join the cast, five or six other older heads will come hey tell them the story about this tell them the story about that you know they weren't even at them but they heard the story and they like they need to hear this story and that's one of the stories that they make me tell is when we gave you the brownies <laughs> yeah so go ahead tell it again yeah, tell, it? Tell, okay. tell, tell me yeah, gather around um, the fire kids uh i took a pot brownie at rocky horror and uh, this is what happened yeah. <laughs> eric made these strong brownies to the point where like before that we went to an event and he he got eric's a big dude he took two little brownies and he was flying so hannah is a tiny woman she took one Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she got high as hell she she took the brownie what about an hour before the show something like that Mm -hmm. and it didn't come into full effect until time warp you're columbia on stage is time warp and you're like whoa this was cool it was only pot it yeah. wasn't like LSD or anything. It was freaking pot, but it was a lot of it apparently because you opened it up and you're just like, oh, weed, jeez. Yeah. You you did the whole show to your credit. You didn't skip a beat, but you were just like, wow, this is cool. Yeah, I know. I hyper-focus. I look at the colors. And it, was, and it was Monster Con, so there's like people dressed as like horror things. Like, like there's like pretty Cougar <laughs> and Fishnets over here and shit like that. And it was just, you know, insane. And I remember watching it. I don't, I, I don't know. I wasn't on stage the whole time. So either I was a Transylvanian or I was like Eddie. So then once I was dead, I was in front of the stage. But I was watching you just be like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so we go back to the room. And my favorite part is we had ordered Chinese earlier in the day. And there was, it, was, it wasn't good. It wasn't good Chinese. So there was a lot of it left over. And you were just munching. So you're just like, eating all the old Chinese. <laughs> it just gave you incredible munch. And you're sitting on the ottoman and you're wearing flip-flops and you were out loud going with your foot flip flop flip flop and we're all just watching you <laughs> and i mean we were your ride home so it wasn't we were worried about you or anything but it was just so funny to, if we had cell phones at the time we would have been filming the hell out of you god thank god for thank god for no cell right? phones at the time god, there's... before cell phones <laughs> yeah before every single moment was recorded you know and of course i was in my head too i didn't even i, I remember you and eric like laughing your asses off like have you overheard me and you were also like repeating it back to me like flip flop but it was you know i was listening from like the bottom of a well essentially like so this is all like very far outside of me and i am just in my own little world over here where like the most interesting thing was like what was on my feet and it's funny that you re- you reminded me of the chinese food and i just got this most ridiculous sense memory of like the bad kind of sesame chicken where yeah. and, and rice where it's like yellow rice and sesame chicken's like red and not a lot of seeds and yeah that's oh god um back when uh, i guess it was a lighter weight day i i think during this memory i'm over 21 at this point i'm yeah yeah pretty you're, sure. you're definitely over 21 it's like definitely. early early 20s you weren't anymore <laughs> no no i was not uh in, in the initial phases uh before i was 18 me and my little high school buddies we uh, we invented the the transies in training or tits i did the tits i remember like that your fan, like your fan club of people that were like we're not 18 yet so we can't actually do this 
Uh, <laughs> so, um, and then, you know, right at, you know, 18, you know, you get porn cigarettes and jo- joining a Rocky Horror cast. In You're on stage swing. getting dry humped by a guy in fishnets. There you go. <laughs> yep. Yep. Welcome to adulthood, baby. Uh, <laughs> get in this movie like theater. The PMP, it, like initiation. If Nick doesn't like hump you in some fashion, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep, ain't no Rocky Horror HR baby, just hazing, <laughs> straight, straight hazing. This is what we do. <laughs> you know, no HR, no OSHA, no comp, no workman's comp. Yeah, no, no actual money, no payment. <laughs> <That's> uh, <laughs> no. That's our joke, though. People are like, don't throw rice. We don't have workman's comp, and then somebody goes, we don't even have comp. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have comp comp. Yeah, and and really, the, and again, it's like Colleen said, the money that we do make off the merch, it goes right back into the prop bags, which is like part of the merch. The prop bags yeah. are the little bag, paper bags of things that you like throw at the screen. Like when they say like, great Scott, you throw toilet paper at the screen, all that other good stuff. Uh, so like the funds all kind of go back into making these prop bags. And that's like what everything does. It's mm-hmm. it's such a, it's always been such a cool fuel the engine, yeah, cool community experience, and it's it, it seems it never loses steam. That's the other inspiring thing about it is it just doesn't. It, I'm I'm assuming it's still the longest running, continuously running movie in theaters, right? I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it, I think it is still the longest. Yeah, because it's never stopped. Even if it's had a lull, it's never officially stopped. It's always been running somewhere, somewhere, somehow, like. I... Heller, we just did an interview with a, a German film crew who are interviewing people all over the world who do it, and they mm-hmm. like the the longest continuous running cast is in Italy. Oh, yeah, because for yeah. a long time there was there was one in, in in the states. I think it was Allentown, but then they lost their theater like you know like twenty or so years ago. But uh... the one in Italy has been continuously running for like thirty five plus years. <laughs> like that's, wow, can you imagine Italian incredible. rock horror? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I wear the, I wear the fishnets. I do what I, I, I yeah, play I Frank. Oh, a Frank <laughs> Oh, I, it, and the funny thing is, is to think that Italy is such a very Christian Catholic country. How conservative they are, religious that they are. That they do freaking Rocky Horror. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's incredible. Like, Imagine doing Rocky Horror in the Vatican. That would be hysterical. Oh my god! As a recovering Catholic, that that's like a must. I, I that would be so damn funny. God, do midnight mass. That's <laughs> <laughs> just have some other shit. Don't worry, we're just doing this in the back. I know it's midnight. You can do your thing. We have a midnight thing too. Just meet over yeah. here. Yeah, do the throne scene on on the Pope's chair. You know that'd be great. Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, the fortieth con. This is hysterical. At the 40th con, the Pope actually was in the U.S. visiting. 40th con happened in New York. Yeah. And then that day, the day the con started, he left New York and came to Philly. So we were going up to to New York from Philly. So it was like we were passing the motorcade, so to speak, all the cops and everything. And so the Pope's going to Philly. We're going to New York as he's leaving New York. So it was like traffic was insane just to go do Rocky Horror because of the goddamn Pope. And we had, I still have it, there right. were the buttons with the Pope in fishnets. <laughs> <laughs> I had to buy one again. As a recovering Catholic, I had to have that. God, <laughs> yeah. I remember fun. that whole thing in Philly being like super dramatic of like, there was like a, there was like a tank parked in Maniunk. He went nowhere near Maniunk. Yeah, no, he wasn't. No. It was so weird. 
we, we even started doing our own Pope pre-show, Frank, Pope Frankie the First to like a prayer. So I made a, a sequin Pope hat and cape and a lightning bolt scepter, you know. Oh my God. I remember yeah. that. You know what? Uh, this would be a great way to round this out because we're like coming up on an uh-huh. hour. Uh, I want to talk about like all time favorite pre-shows. Pre-shows are things that you do like little sketches you do in costume before the show actually starts, obviously why it's called a pre-show. We're just talking about why it's a Rocky Horror pre-show. Um, I taught you guys the entire thriller dance. Yeah. And we still do that. And that, that yeah. we need to do it again. It's been a long time since oh, we've done thriller. Yeah. God, I gotta come I gotta come back and uh Scoobot. yeah. That you know what's funny about that is that 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 style of hip hop is just like that I pulled that or, you know, that I tagged that move from. I don't know if like Michael Jackson would have called it that. It was from like, I don't know if it was called b-boying or something like that, but I had like a, a hip hop teacher that was in uh, it's kind of your standard suburban strip mall, little mm-hmm. girls in tutus, uh, whatever. But the, I had this teacher, uh, Monsell Jordan, who clearly just this was the dance teaching gig he could get was out. So he stuck out like a sore thumb. He's like six foot five black dude with dreads that trained with Remy Harris. Um, and he's just having the suburban dance studio. Right. And he like, (laughs) and him teaching me is the reason that I knew what that move even was. Uh, cause that's like some electric boogaloo shit. Um, and so I was able to roll in after, because I had this like fucking insane, like this Remy Harris, trained hip-hop teacher for like just total fluke no reason um i was able to roll in with full confidence like yes i will be the one to teach you the, the thriller dance i uh 19 year old white girl will totally uh, this whole cast is gonna learn it um i'm i'm gonna use all these hip-hop terms i think about that all the time i'm like that the the confidence that i had to do that um and then somebody else i just interviewed about like the first open mic i used to do stand-up comedy at she was like you did the whole thriller dance once it was crazy we loved it and i was like i yeah i would just it's one of those things you just bust out it's a party trick if you know the whole thing right like (laughs) um we also did i remember this really quick because i had strep throat uh we did the they both reach for the gun um, oh god yeah that was a good one yeah and that was I, a lot of rehearsal in your parents living room <laughs> oh my god i forgot you guys all came over and did that that mm-hmm. was yeah well, thank so, god because we nailed it it looked great oh it looks so good it looked so good um the only reason i was doing it was because i choreographed it because that that was a landmark day because Patri- it, it was oh, by the way we did they both reached for the gun from chicago but we did it with the saw puppet Somebody pretended to be the saw puppet and uh, and puppeteer yeah, instead, instead of, yeah. <laughs> because we usually for Monster Mania pre shows we usually did it based on like who the guests were at the convention. So we did the name game from American Horror Story, and uh, the actress that played Pepper was there, and she came up on stage during that. Like mm-hmm. that was cool. Uh, but for that, we were doing it because I'm assuming there were people there from Saw. Yeah, there were, there was a couple of people from Saw that year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this was also the year that uh, Crispin Glover uh, held the room too long, uh, and Patricia Quinn was with us drunk. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. So Patricia Quinn being the original Magenta from the movie, uh, Crispin Glover being Crispin Glover. Um, so he's standing on stage. I, I remember this really clearly. I was sitting backstage. I have strep throat. I'm like, I just need to get through this fucking pre-show. I don't like, you know, and I it sucked because this is my first time meeting Patricia Quinn. Uh, eventually, I'd meet her again a couple more times. I'd interview her. Uh, but I remember standing five feet back from her like, I'm sick. I can't talk to you. And she's like, sick. Don't talk to me. Ugh. Like she <laughs> she's so dramatic. She's being herself. Yeah, she's so dramatic. But I remember her standing with you guys. She's like ripped drunk. Like, when are we going on stage? When are we going to start the show? And like we have Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, the the second time the the second time I met Patricia Quinn was right before I interviewed her at Regeneration Who, the Doctor Who convention. Mm-hmm. And the first thing she said, they're like, "Okay, so this is Patricia Quinn." And the first thing she says to me is like, "Oh, hello, darling. Um, pardon me. Do you have any drugs?" <laughs> Because I just got off a transcontinental flight. I could use a bump. And I I was like, no. But then I like went and figured out how to acquire said thing. Um, but anyway, back to the other story. I was like, that's that's my favorite impression to do of her. I was like, hello, I'll say that to people when I just want drugs. Hello, darling. Do you have any drugs? <laughs> it's like, it's like an Eddie great. Izzard landing of a delivery yeah so good uh but yeah that day uh crispin glover's holding the floor uh she's back there drunk uh i have strep throat wait trying to do this chicago pre-show i'm like leaning up against the door and nate edwards is with me nathan uh and i looked at him we were standing next to the door and i was like yo if crispin glover comes out here right now i'm just gonna like tongue kiss him like right in the mouth <laughs> and just be like taste my disease right as i screamed taste my disease crispin glover comes out i essentially yell it into his face and uh he just goes like he puts a hand on my shoulder goes hey have a good show and like walks off and then me and nate like i i was at, at such a like high level of stress that we just lost our minds laughing like i'm coughing because i've got like phlegm everywhere but like we, i was just collapsed to a fetal ball now hallway and then we knocked that pre-show out of the park it was it was fucking lit um great yeah um it was so good all right well honestly uh we're we're running right up on an hour that's as good a place to stop as any um (laughs) (laughs) taste my disease everybody thank you so much that needs to be on a (laughs) t-shirt yeah taste my disease um that might even be the title of the episode i don't know we'll think of something else uh (laughs) All right. Uh, so thank you so much for coming on, Colleen, oh, and this, uh, this little trek down memory lane. Uh, and I will be back because, uh, as I've said many times, I can't quit you. Yep. <laughs> All right. Don't dream it. Be it. Walk. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>